1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. People of current attention. Calling town city. Turn on your radio. I know we had some words last time, but that was so long ago. I got your message, it was a little harsh, you know It's still a little hard for me to hear, please take it slow Welcome to Starship Sofa, part of the District of Wonders network Everyone has a story in the District of Wonders Come and find yours I'm tuning in to your transmissions I'm mooning, waiting to be found I'm building rockets
2: This is the Starship Sober, everybody welcome, hello and welcome to show 682, I am your host Tony C Smith, hello everyone, hope everyone is fine and dandy, how is folks, well, a couple of new shows on the TV which, I, I'm not saying I'm struggling, it's just, it's early days, it's early days, Picard on the, what is it, Amazon Prime, for us over here in the UK, and upload again on amazon prime and upload was a great little premise show that came out last maybe two years ago and what once you deceased you, you had the choice to kind of get your body uploaded to to, to uh, one for better description the metaverse and it seemed like kind of quirky and fun the, the first season but the second season's like we've I guess they've got to tell a story there now and, you know, we've overcome, like, the quirk of Upload itself and now there's just a story and it's a a love... It's a a love story and... I don't know, the jury's out at the moment. I will let you know once I've finished it. And Picard... I don't know, it's just... It's got all the right ingredients for us. We'll we'll see. It's just... You know, Picard is... um, He's getting on, you know what I mean? And he's... It I don't know. Well, again, the jury's out. I will let you know. I'll tell you what is raring to go. Our fiction today. It is The Ambient Coast by Aubrey Coutier. This story is an original to Starship Sova. Aubrey Coutier is a writer from the greater Boston area whose work has appeared in Atland, The Pirate Eye and McSweeney's Internet Tendency. And who can be found at com or on Twitter as Aubrey Creates. Now this story is narrated by T.F. Ahmed. T.F. Ahmed is a writer and narrator from Chicago. His fiction has been published in Dark Futures, Soiled Magazine and Tales to Terrify. His non-fiction has been published in the Chicago Monitor and archizer He podcasts his own fiction on the Nightly Bulletin podcast, which you can find on your favourite podcast app. You can find him listening to podcasts on long walks, watching TV shows that take place on a spaceship and slowly building his personal library. He can be hired for voiceover work at Friver.com T F. -f 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 Underscore Ahmed. There you go. There's a link there as well. You can email them at the nightly bulletin at gmail.com. So the Starship Silver is very proud present.
0: The Ambient Coast by Aubrey Cloutier. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hadley turned from the window, disgusted. On some evenings, he couldn't stand to watch those figures pick their way along the beach. He shivered and hugged himself, grateful the house still had heat. He turned back to the window, compelled. From this height, on the bluff overlooking the shore... He could make out only their shapes and the shadowy ruts they left in the sand. Behind him, Denon sat cross-legged in a high backed leather chair in front of the fire, smoking a cigar. It's smoke eddied in the air before him in the breaths of his husky voice. Don't give it another thought, he said, puffing and staring at the fire. They'll be inside soon. Soon, yes. They both knew that. Hadley and Denon had been here long enough to learn their habits. How... After a certain hour, they would cease to roam the landscape. But until then, they would pick among the flotsam, staggering and aimless. Hadley's breath clouded on the window glass. It was a starless evening. White lines of froth flashed at random near the shoreline where the waves crested, broken by the shapes that were being constantly washed up on shore. With a squeak of leather, Denon turned, the coal of his cigar pressing unnoticed into the upholstery. "'It won't be long now, Had,' he said." Come in and enjoy what's left of our food and booze. Again, Hadley turned away from the window and its view of the beach. He tried to conjure a smile, but it didn't work. Something about those shapes washing onto the shore tonight unsettled him as it never had before. Damn it, I mean it, look at this, Denon said, sweeping his hand over a small table crowded with cups, plates, shot glasses, dessert bowls, wine bottles. An orphan cigar smoldered in an empty teacup. Denon raised his eyes. "'Don't be foolish,' he said. "'You're right, you're right.' Hadley walked over to the fire, the two leather chairs and a table pushed close to it. In Denon's eyes, he could see the question. "'You okay?' Hadley said nothing. After a moment, Denon seemed satisfied and plugged his cigar back into the corner of his mouth. "'You'd think your mind was wandering,' Denon said. "'I just wonder about them.' "'About them?' Down there? Denon gestured vaguely. Yeah. Wonder what? Just wondering. Well, you can stop wondering. Look at the clock. Hadley did. 8 p.m. Yes, soon the wretched things would be returning inside, into their caves or hovels or wherever it was they went. But they would be out again later. Hadley tried to sound relaxed. Well, you can stop worrying about me he said. It half worked. He felt a bit better, simply by pretending that he was. He stared into the dwindling fire and took another drink. Denon tossed his cigar onto the table, where it landed in a curry puddle next to a half-eaten chicken breast. He brushed his hands together, then ran them through his hair. Any word yet? Hadley thought he heard a note of anxiety in Denon's voice. No word yet, Hadley said. And you tested the antenna? Hadley felt a rush of icy anger. Every night, Denon would ask the same stupid question. Of course he had checked the antenna. It was their connection to the other houses along the coast, their lifeline. It needed to work if they expected to find anyone or anything. Of course he had checked it. He always made sure it was working. Why was Denon asking him that every night? Was he dense? Did he forget? Hadley's anger passed as quickly as it had come, suppressed with a quick sigh. Yeah. I checked it. It's working fine. Still nothing, though? Still nothing. Nothing from my neighbor to the north or... Hadley stopped himself. He had said my, but the two of them had been living together for at least a month now. The planks and supports of Denon's house had shifted, broken, and collapsed. Dazed, Denon had come here for help. Together, they had decided that the hassle was too great to attempt repairs. They had neither the tools nor the know-how. Instead, Denon had moved in upstairs. They both lived here now. Or our neighbor to the south, he finished weakly. Damn, Denon said, snapping his fingers. With his foot, he slapped his slipper against his heel. To Hadley, it sounded like water lapping against rock. Damn, Denon repeated in a whisper. Hadley glanced at the clock. We going out later? Of course they were going out later. They always went out, eventually. If they weren't here, in the common room, sitting and talking in front of the fire, they were sleeping. Or out. Out driving. Of course, Denon replied. Hadley envied him his optimism, his carelessness. Denon's home had crumbled, his possessions lost. But here he was, princely, adapted, keeping his chin and his spirits up. Hadley tried another smile and licked his lips for the cigar taste. "'Of course,' he said. They made eye contact, picked up their tumblers, nodded, and raised their glasses. After the tinkle and gulp, they stared into the fire, silent, Denon sitting, and Hadley standing. A gust of wind rattled the window. The clock cut the moments with quiet ticking. "'Well, best get ready,' said Denin, sitting up straight, turning to pick among the foodstuffs on the table. He pushed away empty wrappers, grabbing a bit of chutney with his fingers. Throwing his head back, he slopped the food into his mouth and sucked it from his fingers. Bits of chutney fell onto his robe and the carpet. "'Yep,' said Hadley, already moving toward the closet. On the way there, he passed the window again. He didn't look directly out, though he was tempted to. But still, his peripheral vision caught images of the night ocean beyond the glass, superimposed by his harried aspect. And, he thought, at the edge of the ocean, right there on the shore, those... things still prowling about this late. Impossible. Just the reflection of the lights and shapes in the room. That's all. He opened the closet. It was empty except for his boots and jacket. It had been full of clothes once. He was certain of that. But when he closed his eyes and tried to picture it that way, he couldn't. As he took down his jacket, powder and flakes of something drifted to the floor. The cardboard dowel of the coat hanger had disintegrated. He grabbed his boots, imagining the leather cracking breaking off like shingles, the laces fraying, snapping, lashing his hand, and finally, his hand turning to dust. Behind him, Denon squatted in front of the fireplace, wearing his striped yellow racing jacket. He warmed his hands, then stood up, grabbing the gun belt draped over the chair back. Throwing open his jacket, he fastened the belt around his waist. "'Ready,' Denon said. "'Ready.' They walked from the common room through the short hallway to the garage— Denon adjusting the chin strap of his safari hat, Hadley tightening his driving gloves by interlocking his fingers. Hadley noticed the bristle mat just inside the garage was falling apart, filthy with dirt and motor oil, one corner almost broken off. He kicked it with his boot and almost fell down. The cool night air rushed past them. Hadley drove fast, expertly maneuvering the curves of the road. The unbroken pavement zoomed under the wheels. The rear view rattled in its fixture. The high beams stabbed ahead. Denon turned, grinning. Sure is a nice night, he said. The passenger side window was down, Denon's arm resting there. A nice night, Hadley thought. It would be a nice night if they could make it to another house along the coast, one that was inhabited. A nice night if their fuel reserves weren't so desperately low. A nice night if there were features in this landscape they hadn't seen a hundred times before. He wondered how much of Denon's carefree attitude was sincere, how much of it fakery meant to cheer them both, like his own forced smile earlier. He thought of asking Denon about it. Instead, he concentrated on driving, on feeling the curves of the road and finessing the pedals, accelerating, braking, turning, accelerating again. Sure is, he said between his teeth. In the rear view, he glimpsed something flitting across the road toward the dunes, he checked the side-view mirror, but saw nothing. He knew the roaring of the car's engine, the menace of its speed, and the power would frighten off the wretches. He imagined the one still on the beach at this hour, cowering as the sounds of the motor rumbled over the dunes. Cowering, yes, but only briefly. Within moments of the car's passing, they would resume their mysterious search of the beach, the roaring of the engine diminishing, their fear forgotten. Anger flashed in Hadley again, a silent rage. He and Denon weren't going to find anything, not this time, not ever. Soon they would pass the deserted house ahead and then search in vain for another until tonight's gas ration ran low. Then they would turn back and call it a night. Then tomorrow they would do it again. He tried to forget. Relishing in the feel of the gearbox and the power and control the vehicle offered him, Hadley accelerated out of a turn onto a straightaway. He saw the deserted house in the distance, approaching rapidly, Then they were roaring past it, a lightless ruin shrinking in the rear view. Poor bastard, Denon said as he reached to turn on the radio. Unwelcome static greeted them as it always had. Denon picked his way through the frequencies, stopping at each one and listening intently, each time static blared from the speakers, competing with the wind and the engine. Hadley shivered at the cool air coming in his window. He wasn't surprised the radio found nothing. He was used to it by now. It was all it ever found. His driving gloves squeaked as he tightened his grip on the wheel. Ah well, Denon said, switching off the radio. Grinning, he looked over at Hadley. When are you going to get this piece of junk fixed, huh? Hadley said nothing, not up to the humor. Up ahead, he knew a dirt road branched off to the right, just after the dunes leveled out. He slowed, seeing the break in the fence slats. The engine purred as he reined it in, and he turned the car onto the dirt road. There's nothing here, Had, said Denin. Hadley knew Denon, already impatient to get back on the pavement. A creature of habitual comfort, Denin liked their nightly drives only for the thrill the speed gave him. He had no real interest in the world outside the common room, no curiosity for contact. Thinking this, Hadley shoved the gear stick and jerked the wheel, stomping on the pedals as if testing the vehicle's limits. The dunes had given way to flatter land blanketed by scrub brush. The road was a choppy rut of sand and hidden corners. The car twitched and roared over the uneven ground, its wheels spinning and hissing in the sand. Features of the landscape flashed quickly through the headlights at each turn. The car shook, rocking as it tore at the terrain. Hadley took the corners at high speed. Loose objects rattled and clanked within the cabin. The road changed. Now the car climbed upward on packed sand toward the top of a small hill. Patches of stout plants and weeds dotted the hilltop. In the distance, the vast strip of ocean spread. The tide was out, the landscape dark. Just beyond the reach of the headlights, two buildings stood. Knobby plants sprouted at the corners, joining their broken rectangles. One wall's bottom half had collapsed, leaving a suspended windowpane. Denon reached for the radio again, but thought better of it. "'There's nothing here, Had,' he said, looking at the ruins. "'Maybe.' but something was here, once. To Hadley, the structure was far more reassuring than the deserted house they'd passed earlier. Maybe because it was difficult to tell exactly what it had once been. There was a mystery to it. The deserted house was just a variation of the house he and Dennett lived in. A large, tapering rectangle of concrete, a few windows facing the ocean, a porch, a garage, an antenna. He knew that house. He knew its fate. After all, Hadn't Denon's house collapsed? Denon's house that was so much like the one they lived in now? The deserted house was a tombstone, whereas these ruins were... What? A promise. A loud report startled him. Denon was firing aimlessly into the night, toward the ocean. Each shot echoed off the building's crumbling walls and spread over the dunes. Annoyed, Hadley was about to say something when he caught sight of two figures moving across the road in front of the car. His annoyance turned to anger. He reached for his gun. Too late. The figures had passed out of sight behind a nearby rise. You see that? He asked Denon. Huh? No. Denon looked sleepy. I told you there's nothing here, Had. Hadley's annoyance resurfaced, tinged with fear. Maybe those figures hadn't been there after all. Maybe he was just seeing things again, working himself up over nothing, getting jittery. But why jittery? Why now? He'd done this kind of thing before. They had both done this kind of thing before, many times, and he'd never felt this way. So why now? What was different? The vehicle was his solace. Abusively, he threw it into gear, stomping down on the accelerator. Back on the pavement, the passing landscape became a blur of shadows and shapes as Hadley sped the car through the night. Feeling risky tonight, are we? Denon asked, turning to Hadley with a grin. A bit. Just then, he thought he saw something in the rear view. Another shape. Or shapes. His attention lapsed, his focus on the road broke, and his hands twitched at the wheel, an instant reflex. Jittery hell, he thought. Hearing the screech of the tires losing purchase, feeling in his gut the vehicle lurch and turn over, feeling in his arms all resistance leave the steering wheel, realizing the flips were faster than he was experiencing, seeing that stupid grin still on Denon's wide-eyed face. Denon, who was somehow maintaining his optimism while his body was thrown about, while sand came in through the broken roof, the vehicle tumbling and collapsing, rolling over the dune tops toward the beach, the engine periodically roaring up at the sky. Hadley crawled over the ground, clutching at the sand, grabbing big loose handfuls of it and dragging himself forward as best he could. He heard a ringing somewhere. It was either in his head or coming from the car. Maybe it was a wheel spinning against a collapsed fender or bent axle. Unsure why he was crawling, he suddenly felt that he had crawled far enough. He rolled onto his back and opened his eyes. More sounds came to him through the ringing, an intermittent clunking and a slow, insistent whisper. The surf, he thought. He sat up. Nothing broken, but he felt a vague pain. He stood up. The car was a jumble of shapes, the light from one headlight stabbing into a bank of sand. He smelled gasoline and motor oil. Disoriented, he walked over to the wreck, searching. Denon was nowhere to be found. Smoke rose from somewhere in the metal. His anger was gone, and his annoyance and fear. He felt shaken. He felt distant from his previous emotions. Right now, he needed to find Denon. Where had he wandered off to? Probably toward the road. Hadley looked around, trying to focus. Where was the road? Everything was sand, brush, grass, bracken, seaweed, and rock. He followed what looked like footprints and drops of liquid in the sand. He reached for his sidearm, but it wasn't in the holster. It must have fallen out. He had a vague feeling that he'd lost or forgotten something else of importance. He couldn't think of what it was. Yes, his gun was gone, but there was something else. Stumbling, he fell and rolled down a dune. The whisper was closer now, and more insistent. Still, his ears rang. Something caught his eye in the distance. It looked like Denon's racing jacket, a bobbing shape with a yellow stripe. Hadley tried calling out to him, but managed only a croak. He checked for his wallet. No, that was back at the house. He had stopped carrying it long ago, when he realized he would probably never need it. I'll know it when I see it, he thought. Whatever it is I've lost. It's got to be around here somewhere. The figures were back out on the beach, he noticed. Some were ahead of him, some behind, all of them still too far away to make out clearly. They took no notice of him as he approached, and likewise he had forgotten his previous disgust and fear of them. He stopped and looked up, searching for the yellow of Denon's jacket. Probably wandered back to the car, he thought, I'll make my way back there in a minute, after I found... Is that it? He picked up a nearby stick, poking in the sand at an indistinct form. No... The surf whispered in his ear, the waves busy washing things onto the beach. Hadley threaded among them, thinking he recognized this one, or that, turning them over and prodding them with a stick he'd found. Disappointed, he kept moving. Occasionally, he looked inland for any sign of Denon. Briefly, his brow would wrinkle and his eyes squint. Then he would return to picking among the shapes, shuffling and searching along the
2: shore. And there you go. Huge thank you to Aubrey. Aubrey, thank you so much indeed. love to have a nice original on Starship Sova. Thank you indeed. And T.F. Ahmed, always a pleasure, never a chore. Thank you, lad. It's uh, brilliant. Thank you so much indeed. So that is Starship Sova 682. Put the bed, tucked up and put the bed. Flying into ever-deeper space, I will catch you in a couple of weeks' time. Until next time. I'd just like to say good night from me. Thank you. Tim.
1: Slowly won't get to you anytime soon. Can you reach me? Is my signal getting through? Turn on your radio. I wanna talk to you. This signal's going light speed. By the time I get my say.